0: i can record a, a good day Ian. the last time jeremy and i interviewed you was in albany
1: yeah we went to those two sold out nights at the theater in albany it was that those were two of the best shows i've seen in 2019 or 2018 2019 i, think it was, I guess I think it was 2019 it had to be because yeah. it was two back-to-back nights at the theater in albany and it was brilliant
2: That's right. it's, yes it's the one with the, uh, with the with the radio station underneath
1: yeah and, mm-hmm. yeah, and um
0: uh uriah Heap was opening it it was just it was brilliant absolutely brilliant
1: you 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 guys never disappoint uh no you know well let's get right into this and uh and let's talk about this big career spanning box set out on october 15th previously unreleased tracks and i mean it's like 43 cds this thing is absolutely ridiculous uh let's let's (laughs) welcome the original member of judas priest Mr. Ian Hill, there he is, everybody. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Hello, yes. everyone.
2: <laughs> and 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 by the way,
0: when we say forty-two CDs, ridiculous, we mean ridiculously good. Because yes, it is it's awesome.
1: amazing. I, I don't. I mean, this you're giving Gene Simmons a run for his money at this point with this box set. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Thank so
0: you. so uh, talk to me about this because forty-two CDs is a monster box set, which comes with a monster price tag. Why not sort of divide this into 10 smaller releases or some five smaller releases? What was the decision in saying, listen, we're just going to give you everything
2: here. Enjoy. I think it's, I don't know. That's, um, I mean, the, the marketing side of thing that, that sort of comes from the label anyway, for the most part. But um, people can always go and buy most of the stuff anyway in, in, singular, um, in singular units. But, um, I don't know, like you say, it's such an impressive thing, like a box set, and, and the the, the, the I don't know, the working brief, is just throw everything at it, whatever we've got, throw at this box set. Right. Um, and we were lucky, you know, because we thought we'd already exhausted the vaults. We thought it, it had all gone, you know, with previous box sets and special releases and things. And suddenly all this other stuff starts coming out of the woodwork, you know, it's in somebody's loft on the back of the cupboard. Right. Know, and people started, started to, you know, discover all this old uh, unreleased stuff. And um we gave it to a long standing producer, long suffering producer, Tom Allen, uh, to go through. I mean, he knows more about the band than, than anybody, you know, uh, to, to give it the sort of a mark of approval, um, whether it was um safe for public consumption, that sort of thing. And yeah, he, he passed it all. He, he might have tweaked the sounds of it, but that's all he could do. Uh, a lot of the material, a lot of, a lot of the more obscure stuff, anyway, was just on basic two track master. So, um, Right, He could mix it, you know. He just had to tweak the knobs and try to make it sound a little bit better.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. It seems like, you know, the, you guys just had a bunch of cassette tapes from, like, Soundboard, and the, you pass it off to Tom and said, here, try and EQ this. Make it make it sound a little bit better than, you know.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're, you're on the magic powder on it. <laughs> let, me, let me ask
0: you this. Since you were the originator, you were the, the, the guy at the beginning of, of Priest, uh, you went through different lineup changes, different singers, you know, until you got to Rob. When did you sort of decide or, or figure out, go, yeah, this is the lineup, you know, when you had Al and we had the other guys and you go, mm, we need this, we need we need a different guitarist, we need a different, when did you sort of realize that, yeah, this lineup is, is the one that's going to move forward?
2: I don't think we did. Um, excuse me, my dog going off. it. get out of it. Oh, that's, okay. <laughs> that's my dog.
0: I'm
1: sorry. I me, mean, <laughs> don't worry. Two behind, hiding behind him too. <laughs> I, got,
0: I got two right here that will probably bark
2: as soon as somebody
0: opens a door. So
2: don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, what was i saying? Yeah, we, it was. It's it born out of necessity. Um, I've been going right back to the very early days when um, was well, sort of Ken and myself and a, and a drummer called John Ellis um and, and alakins later joined that and we inherited the name judas priest from alan who was a member of the uh, the original judas priest from the from the, from the year before um there's that watershed moment i mean we would we, got jobs and things and um on a local scale it was great you could come out of work get cleaned up make it to the show come back and get back to work in comparatively good shape the next day but suddenly you start to get Offers coming from two, three hundred miles away, you know, on a Wednesday night, and you can't do that sort of thing if you've got a job. So we we, we had to make a decision: of whether we're going to make a go of it, or whether just to stay local. And, and the three of us, Al and and Kel and myself, said, "Okay, we'll we'll knock our jobs on the head and make a go." But 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 John, he got a decent job, you know, and it's not the sort of thing that, that he, he was going to risk not at that last stage <laughs> because what, we what did John- definitely weren't making a great deal of money out of it. What, yeah, what yeah. job he, did John uh, yeah. Perry
0: get? What, what job did John Perry get that he decided he's not uh, going to stick with as Priest? Oh, sorry, John Ellis what? John Perry, well, John Perry, or, or what did John, what
2: job did John get where he said, ah, or he John was, Ellis on drums? he, he got an apprenticeship, um, a company <laughs> nice. in West Bromwich called Kenrick and Jefferson's. And that, they were a huge printing firm amongst other things. Like they were manufacturers. They were one of the biggest sort of manufacturers in the, uh, in the area. And it's one of those things where, where there's a decent job at the end of the apprenticeship. Right. Um, Al, myself, and Ken were doing the kind of things that you could pick up any time, you know. So we hadn't got anything to lose, really.
1: Well, you um, weren't like a paper boy uh, or something, were you?
2: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I worked in a, um, West Bromwich. Is famous for springs, huge lorry springs and things like that. Right. And uh, I, I worked at a firm that um, specialised in repairing and.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, to be fair, I mean, like the the pub in Leeds isn't paying as much as an apprenticeship, so probably it was a good decision on his part.
2: <laughs> that, that's that's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. So, and of course, then it comes around. Uh, and replaced. Oh, it was um, Alan Moore did, did the first stint with the band, uh, replaced John, and he only stayed with us for a, for a, for a matter of a couple of months, yep. and then he went off to, to 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 join a band called Sundance, who they uh, had got a record contract uh already then you know so we could blame him for that mm-hmm. and then chris campbell came along and um and he stayed with us right up until when uh alan's wife got pregnant and suddenly he had to go and get a real job because he needed to finance the family you know <laughs> right so Alan went and and um and, and chris left with him and uh we didn't know it then but it was probably one of the most fortuitous exits from the band because enter Rob Halford and John Hinch, you know, right, and uh, and, and most of the rest, you know, but, then, but uh, of course, Glenn, Glenn joins. That was a, that was a, it was a, a suggestion from uh, a first record company, Goal Records mm. that, um, oh, it wouldn't be, it'd be great with either another musician. They, they suggested a sax player. It's so another thing that ain't gonna happen.
1: <laughs> oh uh, either on
2: a key keyboard player or a, or um, or another guitarist, you know, and that, then Glenn came along, and uh, we asked him to join, and uh, that was it. Then we got the trade. We got the trademark lineup. After that, we we weren't going to do anything. Yeah, anything did a major, majorly different than that, you know. So that, that's why we stayed. But, did Glenn the... have
1: to audition, or like, well, you know, when he came in, like, what was it about Glenn's guitar playing that you just said, ah, yeah, he's the guy?
2: Yeah, Glenn Glenn played with a band called Flying Hat Band, and uh, we'd done a couple of gigs with them. Uh, you know over the, over the previous uh, couple of years or so and we knew he was a great guitarist you know from, from then and um, we just happened to see him in a music shop in Birmingham and I asked him if he'd be interested and yeah he, he was uh, he was keen to join you know nice. we got a record company we had got a record contract by then you know because it was them that were suggesting the, you know the extra guitarist the extra musician um and Flying Hat Band still hadn't got; they were still searching for a, for a record company. Flying hat there, <laughs> I suppose that was a bit of a sweetener for Glenn. What, and, what uh, I have, he agreed to join.
0: What I, What I find interesting about the uh, the genesis of, of Judas Priest and Scorpions is that both bands went through like fourteen drummers before they actually <laughs> got to their lineup. What was it about drummers in Europe that that just couldn't be counted on? That you had to keep replacing them.
1: It's I
2: just, don't
1: know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, think, I think Spinal Tap even made it, you know, was joking about that in their movie because they released, they, they replaced their drummer like after like every album or something. One drummer like just, just like randomly combusted in the middle of a show. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, you know. <laughs> let
0: me get to yeah. the, uh let me get to the I Tim Ripper. A few there. <laughs> uh, yeah. This box set finally has the, the Tim Ripper Owen stuff. It has been, some, somewhat difficult to find on the streaming services and somewhat difficult to find in, in other official channels. But here it is. Um talk to me about their their inclusions and and the part they play in the band's history. Cause, you know, like like it or lump it, Jugulator, Live Meltdown, Demolition Live in London. It's a great continuation yeah. of the
2: band. There's some great material on those two albums. Of course. It is. Yes. Um but there's, I mean, there's different record companies there as well, just different distributors. So there's contractual problems there, right. which is why we couldn't, you know, we, we, we couldn't release it all together um, right. before, you know. Um, but this time around, um, the powers that be come to an agreement and, and let it out, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it yeah. was a it was a bit of a low point for the band in one way. Um, Rob had left, we weren't playing to, to the large audiences anymore. Um, but uh, but the, like I say, musically there was some excellent excellent stuff on both of those albums. Uh, Demolition, Demolition in particular is one of my favourite albums. Demolition, there's some tremendous stuff on there, you know. Um, but then again, and the right, shows were great, great. to come back to the band, and, and that was you know I mean even Tim could see that could, could see the sense of that. Yeah, um, letting him back in, being, a, being a, all fans of the band, you know. But he could see uh, he could see
0: that was the right way to go. But I, I got a chance to see Judas Priest with that lineup at the Hampton Casino Ballroom in, in New Hampshire. And it okay. was one of the greatest shows ever. I mean, here you have Judas Priest in your face with uh, like 2,000 other fans. It was brilliant. And the lineup was, was brilliant. I mean, it was a great Judas Priest show. So, you know,
2: can't complain. No, we would. Yeah, the, the, I mean, all the elements were still there, you know yeah um I mean that the four of us were still there but you know um, Glenn Ken uh, Scott myself mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and a great vocalist. Tim was a tremendous voice, you know he yeah. really does um so all, all the elements for a great pre-show we're, were were there all along you know
1: I, I got a question for you. I'm just really curious about this because painkiller is one of my favorite albums of all time and it was the first record with Scott Travis on drums. Does he come in and play that opening, the Painkiller, as his audition? I mean, how did how did that all happen, and how did you decide like to pick Scott to be the new man behind the skins?
2: Um, we we known Scott for some for some time. He played with a band called Race Rex. and uh, Rob was familiar with him. He, he knew the other guys for uh, for some time. Um, that that was it. I mean, Rob knew that he was a great drummer, you know. Yeah, and uh, he was he was one of the I think. Um, I think even Glenn Cornick, remember Glenn Cornick from, um, not Glenn Cornick, Clive Bunker from, uh, from Jeff Tall. Uh, he was up for the job as well. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but, uh, but, but Scott just about blew everybody away. Um, we, we, we rented a, a big villa in, in, in Spain in the middle of nowhere and, um, got Scott over there and, and we'd already written most of painkiller anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, and just started working it out, and he, he handled it. He was brilliant. And um, the, the opening to painkiller, he'd probably been practicing that for the rest of, for the early part of his career. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked perfectly, you know. It, it and, was probably a uh, warm-up drill.
1: Uh, sorry, I said it was probably his warm-up drill or something. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, it's so it's so. Uh, anyway, he came out with that, and uh, well, the rest is history. He's a tremendous drummer, you know. Really is. He's a terrific He's guy. He's incredible. As well. Yeah, yeah. and he's,
0: a, he's an incredibly nice guy too. Having having met him a bunch of times, it's just super nice. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Well, let me get you over to Angel of Retribution, which is also on the uh, on the box set. It is the reunion album. It is the one where Rob comes back. I remember at the time a lot of talk in the media and a lot of this, and people were like, "Oh, is it going to be good? Is it blah blah blah?" And it just blew everybody away. What kind of pressure were you facing? to have a great album because in a sense if it was a dud it might have stopped the reunion and what you're doing dead in the tracks but instead everybody went whoa best album of 25 20 2005
2: uh, yeah yeah well, well thanks for that yeah but uh, i mean we, we, when we're running through songs and, and getting the idea i mean ken glenn and rob know more than i do because they're, they're the songwriters but it, if it ain't quality it doesn't get it doesn't get passed anyway you know so um, by the time we got into the studio, we, we knew we'd got some good material. And um, we, we, we fully did really well. You know, um, Roy Z did the production on that one, did a tremendous job. And uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we carried on. We couldn't carry on from from Demolition, really. That, that had taken those two albums had taken a little bit of a different track. They, they were a much harder, much rawer sort of uh, sort of direction. So we sort of went back to painkillers sort and of imagined where we'd be if we were doing the next album from there, you know. Mm. And uh, that, that was a very loose working working uh, idea, you know. And, uh, and it's basically got it. We've been really lucky, you know. I mean, we we, we we do what we what we want, basically. And we've been very, very lucky in, in as much as the, the fans have gone along with it, you know, and they've liked it too. So uh, we, we, we are lucky in that respect. We, we've never sort of thought, oh, yeah, the fans are going to expect this and we can't do that because the fans don't want to do it, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, and we just got on and done it and they've, they've gone along with it. And it, you know, like I say, I feel extremely privileged to, to be able to get away with stuff like that, you
1: know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the funny thing though. It's like fans can be the worst in that way because it's like you know you think you're doing something. It's like, oh, the fans are gonna love this, and then you put it out and you're like, oh, what is this shit? You know, <laughs> and then you can't really explore yourself. And like, oh, well, we just want to have fun and put out this record. And it's like there's just so much. <laughs> you still feel that pressure, like when you're putting stuff out of like, oh, are the fans are gonna like this, or are you at the point? You know, 50 years later, like you know what? We're just doing this to have fun, and whether people like it or not, whatever. Or at least we're doing it, and we're getting a kick out of okay. it.
2: Well, I, I think like I said earlier we're all fans of the band, right. yeah. and I think if, if, we, if we're pleasing ourselves, we're pretty much pleasing the, the fans as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, as long as it passes that uh, sort of quality yardstick, we're, oh, right. we're, we're we're onto something good. Generally, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, fans are,
0: fans are so annoying; they'll be like, oh every album sounds the same and then you do something different they go oh it doesn't sound like the other and he's just like yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: well look i mean mean, at the at the end of the day you even look at this big box and it's like you know with all the live stuff people are like oh but they don't have electric eye from atlanta 1984 (laughs) like you know where's that
0: but you know and and then we we can talk about nostradamus too let me let me just quickly take you over to the one album that i love that seems to be the one that everybody debates and it's of course turbo lover i, I mean yeah you're coming to uh, montreal here later this year on your on your tour and i keep thinking what are the odds of them playing parental guidance i love that fucking song please play <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah do, do you look back at that album with pride or regret that you go well we sort of followed the bon jovi Def leopard glammy stuff or do you just say listen it's a great album leave me alone yeah i think um, it was it was one of the, one of the
2: albums where we, we were not worried but a little bit concerned shall i say because of we, we'd reached a, a, a level there with um defenders of the faith mm-hmm. and you reached pretty much the end of that road and we've always tried to do something better what we consider to be better mm-hmm. and take a step forward with each album and it would have been very very difficult to take another step in that direction from that album you know yeah um it's, it's one of my favorite. It is, in fact it is my favorite album you know because of that yeah turbo um, is your favorite or defenders defenders okay yeah mm-hmm. it's one of my favorites if not the favorite but, but we, we, we got the uh we got first refusal on these um guitar synthesizers by by roland right and we thought well well maybe this is the next step you know right and uh probably went a bit over the top with it
1: <laughs> but um
2: but, but that, that, that was the basic idea, you know, just to take that next door, next step forward and make things a little bit different. But, but what uh, and you're the, right, um, it, it did. It, it lost us some fans. It did lose us some fans. Yeah. On the other hand, it gained us, gained, gained us new ones,
1: you know. But what was the influence there? I mean, like, you know, records like uh, Pyromania had just come out and, you know. It, is, that, is that you, Mitch? See you? As, That's you, not as me Rob either. Halford calling right now saying, stop talking shit about Turbo. <laughs> 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 but no, talking about Turbo, it's like, you know, you guys go down to Compass Point, you know, in the Bahamas, you're not, you know, necessarily, it's almost like a vacation, staycation, workcation, you know, what, what was the, what was the influence behind that record? I mean, going to the synthesizer guitars and all that stuff, like, you know, what was it really influence from the record label or were you guys just saying, you know what, like I said, you know, let's have some fun. It was basically that, like,
2: like I say, we, we, we had first, first refusal on those synthesizers. Uh, I don't think anybody else was using it, or not many people were using them at the time. And um, we, we were looking, like I say, for something a little bit different, a little bit new, uh, another step forward. And that was, uh, that was a basic thought behind all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went ahead with it. And we were a little bit anxious about it, whether it was going to be received by everybody or not. Um, but like I say, it, in the end, I mean, I look back on it now. I mean, it doesn't seem as radical as it did there. No, no. <laughs> but, but, but at the time it did it did seem a huge like step out of line you know mm. well just just but,
0: remember um, on um uh, what are here uh, november 4th in uh, laval quebec parental guidance just throw that in there just for me <laughs> just, <laughs> just for me because i, you know uh, I, know. You know I love that here, let me ask you this <laughs> yeah, uh, love that. we're recording this on august uh, 26th and on august twenty sixth, 2004 uh rob subbed for Ozzy on their on the Black Sabbath show in Camden, New Jersey. So 17 years yeah. to the day. What was that like for you? I mean, he had done a couple of shows back in the 90s. But what was that sort of day where the, the camps going? Oh, my God, Ozzy's not gonna sing and, and they come to Rob just sort of the going on backstage where the decision was made and you went, Oh, yeah, our boy's gonna go sing. Okay, this is gonna yeah. be fun.
2: Yeah, it was a hero moment, wasn't it? You know, yes. the, the guy in the, the black hat rides up and saves the day. <laughs> yes, and it sounds uh, great. It was one of those things, you know, and, and Rob was familiar, at least with most of the Sabbath stuff, although that that's set we they happened to be playing. And um, he, he went on and nailed it, you know, and and then he came off at about 30 minutes and went on and nailed our set as well. You know, uh, after we did our set, they went and nailed theirs as well. Um, it was a little bit fortuitous, and we were special guests, and we only played about an hour and ten, hour and fifteen minutes, instead of the usual hour forty five, two hours, you know. Um, so he we was still well fresher than he would have been if we had done our full set. But it was still very much a hero moment, you know. Um, he, he went out and he performed great. Everybody stood on the side of the stage and watched it.
0: Yeah, I mean the the the, the, the recording is uh, available as a bootleg everywhere, and they, it just sounds phenomenal. I mean, he really yeah. just yeah rough on the voice though two sets in the same night
2: yeah metal yeah Oof. he was younger then, he could handle it then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't let him hear you say that he's like what i'll do it today i'll show you <laughs> that's <laughs> we were, the trouble we were, he would as well
0: yeah <laughs> we, we were both younger then uh the tour yeah. starts in september uh of course uh pete merluzzi's uh what was the tour
2: manager is, is pete still with you no he's um He's, he's got the, he's got other irons in the fire at the moment oh, yeah. and i don't think he, he could afford he's, he's got a, a new business starting up oh. and i don't think he could afford the time away from that so um, i think
1: a lot of people yeah. are doing that through this pandemic you know everybody that used to be on the road they're realizing like oh you know what i think i should have a backup plan yeah yeah
2: that, that's that's true that that was his idea you know um, not, nobody, nobody was going anywhere from a performance point of view how, and everybody, um, a lot of people, there's a lot of, a t- two or three other, other crew members, you know, got into other things, selling real estate and, and what have you, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, Pete, Pete was one of those. He found something else for himself to do and went ahead and, uh...
1: Here's a question did, for you. That... Here's a super random question for you. Try and think at the top of your head, after 50 years of being in this band, how many bass techs have you gone through?
2: actually not not that many not that many most of the time Glenn and myself used to share the tech anyway Mm. uh, seeing as we'd be both on stage left and these days very few things go wrong Mm -hmm. Uh, so probably let me think one, two three, four five probably about seven that's seven.
1: That's not a bad number yeah, at but all. The,
2: the guy that's been with me now, he's been with us for the last uh, three or four tours.
0: You know, G- Jeremy, I'll say this. The, the bigger bands, the Metallicas, the Def Leppards, uh, they're very loyal to their crew. And if you ask Metallica, for example, they probably only have had two or three because they find the guy they like and they stick with them.
2: Mm-hmm. And- oh, what yeah. I mean, we're, we're blessed. We, we got a tremendous crew. We really do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Nucleus crew, of course. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We, we, we get the same guys every tour if, if we possibly can. Of course, when we're not working, they, they, they go off and, and they work with other, with other people, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we, we're lucky, we treat them well. So when we go out on tour, they, they want to come back to us and, and they're great. They really are. Our, our production manager, uh, Man. Martin Walker, he, he puts a great crew together. And well, we've now, been, Martin's, been, Martin's been with us since the Ripper days, you know. So he's been with us for a long time. Uh, now, right.
0: these, these uh, are yeah. rescheduled dates that are coming up. Yeah. How confident are you today, August 26, 2021, that you're going to be able to get through the entire run? Because we see bands every day, uh, the Cult, Garth Brooks, they're just cancelling. Uh, are you yeah. confident you're going to get through this? And and so how do you stay safe? I mean, what's the plan? I mean, no backstage, no meet and greets, no...
2: I'm afraid it's going to be that, you know? I mean... Um... We're all double jabbed and everything, right. so we're we're about as protected as, as we ever will be, right? Uh, unless something else comes out in the, in the meantime, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that be careful, and we're just gonna have to keep our distance away from people. And if we go out in the evenings, try and keep a bubble together, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you, you try and try and li- limit the amount of other third parties you, 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 you get to see. You know, it's a sad thing because we've all of us we've got friends and people that we. That we see every time they come around, but we, this time around, we're going to have to be a little bit, uh, a little bit careful. I'm afraid.
1: Yeah. yeah. Unless you just hang out with vaxxed, vaccinated people, and then, hey, you're good. But you know.
2: Yeah, you never know. You know, you, you just <laughs> got you go, go to that one restaurant and you sit in the guy that coughs
1: at you, and next thing you've had. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, you know, Kiss just—they uh, started doing their meet and greets again, but they're doing them behind plexiglass, like they're like whales at Sea World. It's kind of hilarious. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i was I'm cracking up I something, yeah yeah i saw the photo online i'm like guys just just cancel it like you know it's literally them just standing behind plexiglass like it's yeah. it's such a funny visual it's a great yeah, so it's not quite touchy-feely there no it's not a very personal interaction
0: <laughs> and uh i'll i'll uh, wrap up for my questions on this uh, you you have of course richie faulkner that came in in 2011 andy sneep has come in uh in replacement um, talk to me about the impact of those two guitars because Ritchie really reinvigorated. And, and when we look at bands that change members, we always get the the, the portion of fans that say, "Yeah, but bring back so and so." Yeah. And nobody says that with Richie. They just go, "Ooh,
2: that guy's a mother." You know, they they love yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's a tremendous talent. I think that's that's the main thing. He, he is a, a tr- brilliant guitarist. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, he's is, is a really genuinely lovely guy as well. You know, Yeah. Um, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He doesn't pretend to be something that he isn't. Um, he really is just just a, a, a dream, really, to, from our point of view. Uh, and now he's been with us for over 10 years now. He's a member of the family. And um, he's, a, he's a fixture, you know, for as long as we carry on. And we, we, were, we were extremely lucky to find him um and andy of course uh, i mean andy came in uh one of the one of the big reasons he came in, he just worked on on firepower mm-hmm. and when it was quite that glenn couldn't really do the whole tour he, he, at that point he could have stood up and done a done a show or two but there was no way he could have done a, a grueling tour you know five six shows a week he couldn't have been, he wouldn't have been able to do that uh and andy's there and he's ultimately familiar with the new with the new record you know of mm-hmm. which we're playing four five even six songs off. That I think there's only one song we haven't played uh it's a, great,
0: it's a great record
2: no I think we might have played all of them, one time of them. Okay. so at least Andy's got a working working idea of, of uh of the songs you know you know yeah. the structure the basics whatever he's so it's compar- com- comparatively easy for him to, to to fall into that he's a great guitarist in his own right of course yeah, um, and of course he's also a fan of the band, so he's familiar with the older stuff as well. You know, so he, he was he was a, in the right space at the right time, and he was
0: perfect for the job. Is he a member at this point, or is he still a producer who's just filling in,
2: helping out? Uh, at this time, he's, he's he's helping out. Yeah, at okay. this time, it was, it was, for me for me, extremely grateful. You know, yeah, there not that
1: he ain't getting paid for it because he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't think he's volunteering. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Uh, 50 Heavy Metal Years of Music comes out on October 15th. It's available now for pre-order wherever music is sold. And this box set is absolutely ginormous. Um, it comes with Ross and photos signed by each band member. Uh, the box is designed by longtime collaborator Mark Wilkinson. He even got a numbered British steel metal razor blade in there, too. If that's not worth it on its own... I don't know what to tell you, people. Uh, memorabilia book. You got a replica of the British Steel Tour Programmees and all kinds of great stuff in there. 43-some CDs. Make sure you go pre-order this now. It's it's amazing. And um, maybe when you see them on the road, Ian will sign that through his little slot on the plexiglass for you. <laughs> yeah, Give the me. end of the stick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Selfie stick. Put a Sharpie two, at two the end Two stick, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go.
0: Thank you, Ian. All
2: right, okay. Ian. It was... It was so great to chat, and uh, yeah, see you soon. Okay, all the best. All the best. Be safe. Thank you. Bye.